All right. Happy Thursday, everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got Mr. Shaggy Mondoom, Kyle Sullivan in the house. I am Chris Maselli. And on today's episode, we're going to be getting to Nazem Kadri's grade. Uh, don't be surprised at, at what it is. It, the voting's not even over, but we were just like, uh, well, this is such a runaway, obviously. Why wait? So we're going to talk about him. I want to talk a little bit about Jared Bednar and kind of like the future for him. What does it look like for Jared Bednar? And my good friend Kyle has come over to the good side. If you're on YouTube and you see the shirt that he is stretching right now, he is converting to a Denver Broncos fan. And if you're listening, you're like, he wasn't a Denver Broncos fan to begin with. He was not. So because of his new fandom, we'll talk about why he's officially putting his his uh, weight behind the Broncos. Uh, he can throw some questions at me on, on some Broncos lore or whatever he has in his mind. And uh, even though we are a Lockdown Avalanche podcast, we can throw some Broncos stuff in the football season is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So we are locked on Avalanche slash locked on Broncos just for a little bit of a day. We're not stealing your thunder, Cody. Don't worry. We're coming. You're locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I cut you off. I cut you off. So I, I, I you were saying something about, uh, you know, Cody and, and the locked on broncos podcast and i cut you off go for it no that's fine that's fine keep me back i said we're coming for you cody yeah yeah no we are we are not coming for you cody you you rule that uh that stratosphere with the broncos but we can talk about it and uh we're happy to have you on board sir uh it's a it's a fun wagon to be on so uh and thank you for tuning in to the lockdown avalanche podcast that's always appreciated for making this your first listen of the day go check us out on our social media LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com and follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And today we are going to continue giving season grades for people, and that's where we will start. And for this one, it's Nazem Kadri, and he seems to be in the news a lot lately, understandably so, for kind of doing nothing is why he's in the news. But for today, for this podcast, we're going to give his season grade. And like I said in the beginning, there's still like a few hours left to vote on this. Um, if you want to go on social media and do it, do that, feel free. <clears throat> but it's all running away with an easy A, comfortable A, for Nazem Kadri across the board. Um, and and as of right now, this is the highest grade percentage-wise someone has got for any particular grade. Um, and on on Instagram, I think it's in the 90s. Uh, Twitter is like 89%. Uh, you have some funny people who want to put the D and F. <laughs> Vote for that, whatever. I think I drew I drew more attention to it by saying, <laughs> you know, don't you dare in the D and F part. And then same thing with YouTube. That's that's like hovering over 90%. So clearly an A for Nazem Kadri. Well, for social media, for you and I, I'm assuming we're both going A plus for him. 
And well, I am. I mean, you're looking to the heavens right now. Uh oh. Is the the Nazem Kadri stand not going a plus for Nazem Kadri on the season? Oh no, it's an A plus. Okay, you had me worried <laughs> there. Oh my god, it's called a it's called this in the podcast business. This is what you call a tease. <laughs> um, I mean, he could have had half the points he had of the season. You probably would have given him an A plus. You're very correct. Yeah, but I, what can what can we say that hasn't already been said about Nazem Kadri? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the first uh, Lockdown Avalanche season grade that we're giving to a Boston Bruin. But, um, whoa. It's... <laughs> no. I was on mute so I could take a drink of my, <laughs> my seltzer, and I had to unmute my, I was choked. I, I saw okay. you taking the drink. I wanted to throw that out there. But, no, <laughs> I, I saw that Boston's now putting, you know, some feelers out there, and that's the new team circling around Nas. And, honestly, if you look at the stats and where, like, when he came in, the season following was a little bit of a step down statistically. And then last season was just leaps and bounds above anything has not anything that Nas has done in Colorado and surpassed anything, even his best season in Toronto. And just the way he changed his game, the level-headedness that he approached the game with, the clean approach with the hockey IQ at the forefront and kept his play being the thing that talks and not his fist and not trying to, you know, skate on that edge and get his advantage that way. It's more of outthinking and just this whole new Nas. It's absolutely incredible. It deserves an A plus, especially if you're talking about optimizing what you did the year before capitalizing, refining and giving a better effort. I mean, he even talked about it in the tribune piece, like everything he's done has been, to improve his game and there hasn't been one thing that you could say i don't like that about Nas, other than his age which he cannot help and i think we get a little too bent and out of shape about his age right now and we're not we're not talking about his age today we're talking about his age <clears throat> at the end of the contract he hasn't signed yet yep you know I mean? so, and, and i understand that and that's a conversation you can have it's kind of the conversation we've been having with with gabe landiscott Mm-hmm. At the end of his his current contract, he's going to be in his late 30s. We're going to be paying him $7 million a year. But you don't worry about that because no. you you can you can do something in the system. If he's not working out, you can you can get rid of it. Like, and they, they you know, there's smart people involved here. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So uh, I think I think that's the problem with a lot of people is talking about Nazem Kadri and his age. It's it's for, you know, a a long term contract, which they're assuming that he's going to sign. And I get that. I do. Yeah. But as far as the year that he just had, you know, and, and we've said it many times on on this this show, like nobody expected that. It, it, it was welcome, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe in some way we're we're dealing with the repercussions of that because he's still not signed. I don't know why. I can't. <clears throat> I cannot figure this out, man. I, I, I don't want to get too much into it because this is his season grade, and we've talked over and over about it. But even, you know, when the Islanders news came out, which is now three days old, and then there's been no movement there. Done deal, huh? <clears throat> right. Yeah. So <laughs> as far as his season goes, though, like I said, nobody was expecting it. Um, but I think a lot of people were saying, like, he had the capability to do that. And if you want to say he was on a good team, then fine. But he's part of the reason why they're a good team. And when you look at his stats – for the the season, let me bring up the game logs here. So he started the year against Chicago 
uh, one goal, one assist. The next game against St. Louis, he had two assists. And then he didn't score for four games. He went, I think it was three, for the rest of the season, three or four times he didn't score in back-to-back games. And those were his longest streaks of the year. Wow. After that four-game pointless streak in the very beginning of the season. He scored in almost every single game after that. And if he had one game where he didn't score, he scored the next game. And it was only three, I think it was three, like I said, possibly four, where he didn't score in back-to-back games. I mean, when you have that many points, you're going to see that. But for for you know a player like Nazem Kadri, that's just an impressive season from beginning to end. And Leafs fans don't really look fondly on the players that leave the blessed Toronto Maple Leafs. Hmm. But producer Drew, we've talked, we've had him on. We talked to producer Drew. They had a piece about the one that got away mm-hmm. being Nas. <clears throat> for that to be like the caliber of play for it to be that surprising that Toronto's like, maybe we should have kept him around. Maybe he's always had that in him to change the narrative on what your old fan base used to think about you. That speaks a lot. Like we, we still speak bad about Duchesne and O'Reilly and Stasny and Barry and everybody that's left in Grubauer, but for somebody to leave and then make you regret it, um, and you could even you could tell that was his mo this whole year with how he addressed the press after he won the cup about mm. talking about his haters and all he's gone through. Like the man was on a personal mission, and that I agree with your point. Like that goes a lot to the inflated price because everybody is kind of mistaking this production for the norm and forgetting there is a personal side to this stat inflation that won't be there next year. Assuming he's not with the Avalanche. Even if he comes back to Colorado, he's proven all of his haters wrong. He got a cup in Colorado, not Toronto. He got it here. He was the best in the hockey world here. Next year, he's got to find something else to drive him through the rest of the 82 games. And it might not be as potent as proving everybody wrong. Uh, I mean, I think you can always drum that up. You know, as, as long as you've been dealing with that your entire life. Um, I get what you're saying. Like winning one just will shut everybody up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Winning two just continues to prove everybody wrong um, about their thoughts for you. So, um, but I would like to see him return with the abs just to see what he can follow up with this season that he had. Um, You know, as far as there was a couple stats here, we'll run, excuse me, money puck. and you were talking about, we've said it many times about how well-behaved he was this year. And there's two things. So he had 61 penalty minutes, which is still, you know, a, a good amount for him. But we've said so many times, none of them just seemed like out of anger or frustration. Mm-hmm. It was just because he plays the game hard. Okay, so <clears throat> 61 penalty minutes. He drew 79 penalty minutes. <laughs> So, you know, teams are going to go after him. You know, he, yep. he, he's, he has that you know, characteristics and, and people think of him as that type of player. Like I can engage him and he'll engage me back. So the fact that he had more penalties drawn uh, than penalties he took, I think it, by um, a differential of negative 18 next to Nathan McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon is the only one that drew more penalty minutes than Nazem Kadri. And it was pretty close. 
Nathan McKinnon had 84. So he had five more penalty minutes. So on that end, that's a guy who who is is not you know retaliating. If he's retaliating on the penalty, he's he's drawing. You know, he's going to be so far that the the penalties he takes are going to be so much higher than the penalty he's drawn because because he's retaliating. He didn't do that this year. That's so, why it's taken him so long to come back. He doesn't want to come back to that power play that didn't do anything for him. No. <laughs> well, it wasn't all bad for the power play, but um, and the other thing that stuck out to me was expected goals per sixty minutes led the team, led mm-hmm. the team in one point two nine, and that's point uh, zero three better than Gabe Landeskog, who's in second for that. So, you know, when you when you have a season like he had, you know, and his points per 60 minutes were 3.82. That's the high. Actually, that's 0.04 less than Nathan McKinnon. So it's number two on the team. Uh, it, it's just you can go through all of these stats, and he's going to be at the top when you score that many points in a season. Um, it's Everything is going to look good. Congratulations. That's, you know, uh, the best season he had, and now he's going to cash in on it. Who knows where it's going to be? And like I said a few minutes ago, I would like to see, I'd like to see it with the Avalanche to see him continue because that's the question for him. Is this is so far above anything he's ever done before? What can he do the following year? And it's not. And I think a lot of people are asking that question because he is 32. And I'm not saying again, like I said, that's not old. But you've played a handful of seasons and you've never done this before. So a lot of people are there with their arms folded saying you have to do something similar next year. I don't care where you're playing. And I think that's fair. Yeah, so absolutely. All right. Um, let's hear from Bet Online, and then uh, we're going to talk some Jared Bednar stuff. So uh, BetOnline.net is fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, esports, golf, and combat sports. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. And you can go to betonline.net. Of course, that's where the game starts. All right, we have uh, the best coach in the league. I think that's uh, well known, and you know his travels have been well known. You know where mm-hmm. he took the Stanley Cup back to his roots with his coaching, like all that stuff. We know everything about Jared Bednar. We love everything about Jared Bednar. But I wanted to kind of like look into maybe like the mirror ball and look into the future. And I don't know how many years. If you want to say five years in the future, ten years in the future, whatever you want to say. But I always. Um, I always like kind of like guessing that like playing a guessing game for, for coaches who are like proven winners basically. And I always, and maybe this is like a morbid thing to do, but players always move on and players jump Mm -hmm. around all over the place. And for a coach who, who is, who's shown he can win uh, not just in the win column, but you've won a championship now. And again, Maybe people are like, why are you even talking about this? I always wonder how it's going to end for them. Yeah. <laughs> and I always think, so someone who is can do no wrong right now, 
Jared Bednar, it would he he could he could do the dumbest thing, and we would be like, well, there's a reason behind that. You know, he he's using it for motivation purposes or whatever. We could we can create whatever narrative we want to back Jared Bednar right now. But I always think of, like I said, like down the road, like where would it go wrong? Does it go wrong? And there's, I'm not, I don't want to also bring up just the fact that these would go wrong. Maybe he finishes, maybe he coaches another 10 years for the Avs, makes him far and away the best coach in franchise history. And then they promote him to a office job. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times people will think like coaches are just hired to get fired. And probably for 99% of the time, that is true. Could Jared Bednar buck that trend? Will he just resign eventually? Say, like, I, I just want to, I want, I want to see a new team. Like, I think about all these things and I'm wondering what you're thinking. No, and you honestly, as an Avs fan, you probably should be thinking that way because we're not used to having a head coach, one, be this successful, <clears throat> two, mm-hmm. stay with us this long. Like, if you want to think back at the Hartley years, they did not last long. Um, like we've been through some coaches. Yeah. Every team goes through coaches. Right. And you know, this has to end at some point. And you would see Bednar coaching to the end of maybe the big three and their contracts. And if they're walking out the door, maybe, maybe he's inspired to coach the next generation of avalanche. But also you can also see it flipping the other way that, maybe the next two or three years, the F starts taking a step back. And I honestly, I feel like Bednar with his, his quality, his character, and just his drive, if he feels like he lost the locker room, that he takes that, like that Paul Maurice, like I'm just stepping back. I can't, they're not listening to me anymore. I've lost the locker room. And I feel like he, wherever this goes, he's behind the driver's seat. Like he is driving this. If he's going to leave, it's because he, the locker room's not listening to him anymore. He's not effective. He's going to remove himself. But as long as things are booking and the Az are in the playoffs and they're a threat every year, he's going to be here. Yeah. Until, as, until he just can't physically do it anymore. Because I think the interesting thing is like he's been with the team through you know one in particular horrible season Mm -hmm. and then he's been with them you know through the playoffs and you know second round exits multiple seasons in a row and then finally you went winning the stanley cup everything that happened before it you know joe could have removed him a handful of times Mm -hmm. so that begs the question when would joe like what would he need to do wrong for Joe Sackick to really fire this guy because Something he's criminal. <laughs> yeah. It'd have to be off the ice. I would have to think, right? Yeah. Because he's, he's stuck with him through so much, even, you know, you stuck with him when the team was losing. And I say this and it's weird to say it. You stuck with him when the team was winning, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but they were, they were exiting the playoffs. And for a lot of GMs and presidents and owners, when it gets to be like, okay, that's not good enough. You know, we need we need that coach to get us over that second round hump. They could have said that multiple years in a row, and they didn't. So I, I'm just I'm and I'm fascinated by this because I love it. 
I, I don't like this revolving door of coaches in any sport. And I think for a lot of times, like coaches are the fall men. Sometimes it's deserved. And other times it's depending on the sport where the players kind of dictate or if they want this coach around anymore. And I can't stand that. I can't yep. stand it because we're, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos in the next segment. And nobody ever thought Mike Shanahan was going to get fired ever. Yeah, They thought he was stuck there. And, and no matter what the Broncos did, if they went, Oh, and 16, Mike Shanahan wasn't going anywhere. And then there was one year that, you know, they just, they had to make the move and Pat Bolin pulled the trigger, they, but they had a press conference afterwards. It wasn't like, like that was a different situation. And I, but I get those, I get the Mike Shanahan vibes with Jared Bednar that he's yeah. going to be around here for a while because even if he's losing, he's shown that he can gather the guys, get me the right guys, Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland. That's your job. And then I'll coach them. And I just feel like it's a good dynamic right now. Yeah, I really, I, I was thinking the same thing. It's funny you mentioned that. Like, I get serious Mike Shanahan vibes from hmm. this whole deal. And, like, you saw how Florida, like, the Florida Panthers handled Burnett. Like, he's an assistant coach right now in New Jersey, of all places. That's incredible. Like, it doesn't matter what you do, because that front office can change at any time. And that's another thing the Avalanche are lucky. Their front office is, it, when it rotates its promotions, it's not cleaning house. And it's you can't say that through the rest of the league. And that has a lot to do with how the avalanche are building. And like, if the abs go back and win 20 games, you have this confidence in Bednar in the front office where you're like, well, I wonder what they're going to do to get out of this. You're never, Mm. you don't feel like everything is broken because of everything the team and the front office has proven to this point. Yeah. And I think as long as you have the backing of your superstars, Mm -hmm. you know, He'll never lose the locker room as long as he doesn't lose Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Gabe Landeskog, uh, Miko, guys like that. As yep. as long as that that they remain like a tight unit, when all these maybe like younger guys or or free agents come over and they're kind of like questioning, if they're questioning like what Jared Bednar is doing, all of those guys would be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You need to fall in line here. Uh, he he calls the shots. Like this this is how we do. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like they're all coaches basically. So I don't. I I just I just I like this because it just feels different. It doesn't yeah. feel like we have a coach that at at the sign of him slipping up, management is going to lose faith in him and show him the door. I kind of I kind of feel like this is like a Greg Popovich situation. Yeah, where where. He's just got tenure, man, and and it, it, they'll have ups and downs, and you want to win, you know, some championships along the way. And I think the Avalanche are smart enough to know that, like, yeah, you can't win it every single year. This is not the Boston Celtics of like the seventies. Um, but if, as long as we're competitive, as long as you know your players are trying hard, you're our coach. So uh, I, 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 and by the end of this, whoever comes after him is going to have a long road ahead of them to catch everything that Jared Bednar has done when it's all said and done. I feel, I feel like there's multiple championships coming. The, the wins are just going to continue to pile up. He could be that name on, or that face on, on the, the Mount Everest. <laughs> he really could yeah. be. 
he's he's our Patrick Waugh of coaches right now. Like he's putting up mm-hmm. stats and numbers that other players can't touch. Like when it comes to forward and defense, you can you can hit those records and numbers. But if you're an Avalanche goaltender, you're not eclipsing Waugh in our lifetime. And that's the same for any other coach. You're not going to surpass or jump uh, Bednar in anything he's done for the team. All right. Uh, We mentioned Mike Shanahan, coach of the Denver Broncos. And, yeah, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom is is coming over to the good side. Um, If you're a longtime listener to this show, you you know that, you know, he grew up in, in Alabama and that, is everybody an Alabama Titans fan, or that, that's just who you latched onto? You either get the Titans, you get the Falcons, or you get the Saints. Okay, so you you have you have three to choose from, and you've been a Titans fan. Are uh, you completely like removing your fandom from the Titans, or it, what? Tell everybody the reasoning behind all of this. All right, and if everybody remembers the timeline of the Titans, <clears throat> I was a Broncos fan originally. I mm-hmm. fell in love with Elway. I love Terrell Davis. Uh, Ed McCaffrey, honestly, was mm-hmm. my favorite player. And when the Titans moved from Houston to Tennessee as a young kid, you're like, oh, a local team. And then the Titans, they came out with that logo. You're like, my team. Same Very epiphany I had. Yeah. Right. Same epiphany I had when the Avs changed from Quebec to the Colorado Avalanche. I was like, my team right, right. here. That's what I did with the Titans. They are. They're over here. They haven't done a thing for me. It has been, it's been, you want to talk about a sad fandom? Like the relationship just, is, is running stale. Zach Levi just had a movie about beating us in the Super Bowl, and that wasn't even the point of the story. But being Kurt Warner, I, I, I'm so sick of hearing about one yard, but I, my Titans fans are over here. My, it's a fandom, whatever, but I'm supporting my Broncos now. My okay. Broncos, you're, you've adapted them as my Broncos. Love it's, it it's out of the love for the avalanche. I'm supporting my, the Denver sports like mm. Rockies nuggets. Like let's, let's go, let's do yeah. this thing. And it's, it's time for me to get reacquainted with the Broncos because it's been a long time since Elway was wearing the Jersey and Terrell Davis. I have no idea where he is. And McCaffrey's son is playing. Way. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a, a dynamo. He's a pro. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, man. Like, I think that's you know, people like are. I mean, I'm a few years older than you, but in, in that in that route in that age demographic, um, yeah, grew up just John Elway was was a king, and that's you know that's what turned me onto that. I mean, grown born and raised in New York, um, I I had to do a, a state report, and my state was Colorado when I was in like fourth grade. And at that time, the only teams in, in Colorado were professional sports were the Nuggets and the Broncos. Rockies hadn't got there yet. Avalanche hadn't yep. got there yet. So so doing that portion of the report um, and and doing it on like the Broncos and John Elway, coupled with uh, Tecmo Bowl mm. on Nintendo being the Broncos on that, it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm a huge Broncos fan and have been ever since. So... I have a pretty good grasp on, on, you know, some, some Broncos history. So is there anything that you need to know to be anointed into Bronco country? First question. It's Mm. not mile high stadium anymore. Is it? No. And that's a big, like, uh, people don't like talking about that so much because that was just iconic. 
And then when they tore that down and made it, I think the, the first naming of the new stadium was Invesco Field. Uh, I remember, they, yeah. I remember they named that. it Invesco Field at Mile High. And ever since then, all, the, the naming rights have flipped over a handful of times. Whatever it is, it's at Mile High. Um, and I and I think that it kind of like suited the the Avs fans a little bit. Some are purists and they're like, no, my Mile High Stadium. I, I think we've just become so accustomed to stadiums being named after companies yeah. now that it, it's kind of it's not as much as a point of contention as it used to be. Do they still have the Bronco on the scoreboard? The big white one? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. it's still there. Um, and and you know they still have when they when they score touchdowns like they got a cheerleader on the horse with the flag. It's it's a, it's still yeah it's still a big deal. We're not mile high saluting anymore though. No, I, sometimes every once in a while they do it. That yeah. was so. I mean, that 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 became just so much history, and that that was the Terrell yeah. Davis age. And yeah. like it's saying for getting turned on to the Broncos by John Elway, uh, you know, for so many Bronco fans, like he is, he's Mr. Bronco. Um, and he is for me, but if you were to ask me who like my favorite Bronco of all time is, it's, it's probably Terrell Davis. And he's the one that started it. He's the one that started the mile high salute. It's almost like, like Joe Sackick is, is, is John Elway. Yeah. And like Peter Forsberg is Terrell Davis. Yeah, and what could have been for not injuries for both of those guys, especially Terrell Davis. Uh, he was so fun to watch. Oh my god, you just knew he was gonna have a good game every game. Uh, see, as you can see, like my questions are like catching me up from what I remember the first time. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I could get with the stadium, no mile high salute. That's fine. I'll bring it back. <laughs> what are they gonna do? They're gonna get mad at me. That's fine. And I see that we now have Danger Russ um as our quarterback Mm -hmm. denver um how are like offensively how are they set up like are they pretty Uh, potent it's a they're young from what i understand they're young on on offense um but they have a really good running back who i think a lot of people are hoping like takes over for melvin gordon um uh, his name is escaping me right now. I'm sorry, uh, but but he he's he's a beast. That guy, and just so many young like wide receivers um, that have all the potential. And I think the Broncos are thinking like we we need a, an elite quarterback to get them the ball. Yeah, like, we can't have like these iffy quarterbacks like getting them the ball. But then they had Tim Patrick, who is on the yeah. rise. He's out for the season. That's I oh, saw that today. That hurts. That hurts, but I That's think right. I'm subscribing to those tweets now. I'm yeah. reading all about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like it's there hasn't been this much excitement for a Bronco season in a long time. But they have this, you know, great quarterback and a, a good team, and in by far the most difficult division in the NFL. And the yeah. West hasn't been in a long time. We've always had That's that true. that top team. And then the other three kind of like battle it out, or maybe two of them battle it out, and one like is horrible. Um, but now all four of these teams, I saw a power ranking the other day. I think it was on CBS Sports. All four teams are in the top ten. All four teams, and it was I think the Broncos were nine and the Raiders were ten. And then the you know, I think Kansas City and San Diego were like two and three or something like that. It's gonna that be a the haul. Trent Green Kansas City days. Those were fun games. Yeah, those yeah. were a lot easier. I know. <laughs> It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So 
welcome aboard uh i'm glad it's gonna be a, a, a fun season to watch so uh you came back at the right time how's tim tebow <laughs> I'm, dude you know what man like th those were fun years i mean you, you look back on them now and and everything he did after the broncos was just horrible yeah. But his time with the Broncos, he won games, and and he's got, he's got a a, a a play that will live in Broncos infamy. Yeah, in the overtime bomb to Demarius Thomas against against Pittsburgh, he was almost a Titan at one point. They were trying. So when they got um, uh, Manning, right? Were they trying to yeah. get him, or was this another time? They, the Titans were going after Manning, and they also tried going after Tebow as well. And they're they still trying to go after Manning to make him some kind of management yeah. role. So probably still. Going we don't after talk Tebow about that, yeah. that other T team, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's it's right. I mean what they're they got a is they have a preseason pre game this weekend or next weekend. As you're listening to this episode, preseason yeah. starts tonight. Really. I just NFL preseason. I, I don't even care. So. I've I've been hyped for this season, my friend. Yeah, this is bringing it's going to be a good knowledge. one. It's going to be a good one. I think the they'll at least they'll be competitive. Yeah, and you know maybe win some more games that were those close games that they'd lose. Uh, maybe they're going to win some. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch this Broncos team. This is the Locked on Avalanche podcast, however, uh, but it's the offseason, so sometimes we diverge a little bit, and we can talk some Bronco football. Why not? Uh, but definitely go check out Cody and Sayer over on uh, Locked on Broncos. Uh, they do a Absolutely. great job, so um, check them out. Um, all right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for today, and the, the Kadri watch continues. Will it end tomorrow? We shall see. Until then, he's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. Thank you for making Locked On Avalanche your first listen of the day. See you guys later. Go, Abs, go! Go!